officially in the back third of the NFL season. And you know what that means. That means your fantasy football playoffs are right around the corner. It means every starting running back is getting hurt. And it also means a happy Hanukkah to all of our fans out there who celebrate. A happy Hanukkah to you. And uh, yeah, let's start talking about the week 13 fantasy football. Uh, you know, it's it's a tough week. We've had some major injuries happen recently. Uh, but some some really, really cool news, I think, has already started to come out. Uh, I think what we really need to start the show with is is the Atlanta Falcons did update their depth chart, and it does include Cordell Patterson, not at starting running back, no, not 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 at wide receiver, at backup safety. Shohei Otani, who? What do you guys think of two way Cordell Patterson? Eric, are you excited for him in your IDP leagues? <laughs> yes, I am. Uh, get a couple extra points for tackles. I'm not sure how that uh, extends the lifespan of a running back to add on uh, tackles on both sides of the ball. But, hey, he's an older player anyway. Let's get those IDP points, and uh, he'll carry us to our championships here. Yeah, I'm really curious just to see how ESPN and Yahoo would handle that. Uh, and just, I mean, you know, ESPN, they, they know exactly what they're doing. They'll just add the uh, the safety designation onto him. You get to decide. Probably still start him at running back. Just uh, maybe, maybe he gets out there enough on defense. Who knows? Ryan, what are you hoping to see? From uh, from offense, Cordell Patterson, defense, Cordell Patterson, of course, special teams. I mean, he's the true triple threat. Yeah, I would love to see him sc- manage to score a touchdown in all three phases of the game. I have no idea if that's ever happened in the NFL before. Probably have to run that through StatHead after this podcast, but I would love to see it. I hope it actually happens. Well, you know who's already working on that once they heard what the Falcons are doing. I guarantee you that's what they spent all of practice today doing, and that's the New Orleans Saints with Taysom Hill. They can't let Cordero Patterson outshine what they have going on with Taysom Hill. I guarantee you we're going to see Taysom Hill out there at linebacker. We're going to see him out there throwing the ball to himself, both from quarterback to tight end. He'll be on special teams. He'll be the first man to score a touchdown in all three aspects of the game. But speaking of Taysom Hill, he is set to be the starting quarterback this week for the Saints, so probably won't be lining up on defense in those quarterback pads. Uh, I guess the Saints want to spend that $55 million as fast as they can. I don't know exactly what constitutes the starting quarterback thing in his contract extension, but uh, you know they, the $40 million I guess they gave him to be a regular player was enough. They want to give him $95 million to also be their starting quarterback. Uh, how high do you have Taysom Hill ranked this week, Ryan? I have him at QB 15, which I think is a lot lower than some people might just taking a look through our QB list discord. Um, But I still, spoiler alert, will have him as my top QB streamer this week. So we will talk about him. Eric, are you equally as like cautiously optimistic, right? I mean, like kind of mid mid ranking there, but Ryan wants to get him in the lineup. How are you feeling about Taysom Hill? Yeah, I'm right in that range. He's around QB 13 for me. I do think there's enough injury risk. He's been banged up a lot, and uh, they haven't fully committed to him. I mean, they've, they've kind of said he's starting, but this isn't like Taysom Hill's our starter going forward. So I wouldn't be surprised to see a little bit of Trevor Simeon. We'll see what happens. High upside, but I do think there's a, a low floor for Taysom. Okay. Uh, Kyler Murray was limited in practice. He has not played since week eight. Uh, however, he did practice a couple weeks ago. Uh, did end up not playing uh, in, in week uh, 11 before the Cardinals buy. Um, should Murray managers be hopeful we're going to see him back on the field? And if he's playing, are we starting him right away? Yeah, it certainly sounds like he's going to be out there and make all the sense in the world coming out of the buy. I think we have to be optimistic. I'm a little worried. We saw Kyler Murray struggle. Uh, with injury last year if he's not getting that rushing upside he's not the same quarterback but I mean you just look up and down his his scores for the year and he's cracked the top 10 quarterbacks quite a bit so unless you happen to have Kyler Murray and 
you know, Jalen Hurts or someone, I think you're you're rolling them out there and feeling pretty good about it. After after this past week, you feel more optimistic about Jalen Hurts <laughs> going back with, of all the court. Yeah, if you've got Russell Wilson on your team too, just roll him out there instead of Kyler Murray. Well, I assume nobody drafted Kyler Murray and Dak Prescott or Lamar Jackson, so I was trying to think of a quarterback you could have two of. So That's um, I, I think that was Jalen Hurts' one bad week of the year. I'm willing to give him a, a mulligan against the Jets this week. All right. Uh, DeAndre Hopkins returned to practice. Uh, he has not even practiced since week seven. Uh, he's been dealing with a hamstring injury. Ryan, I mean, obviously we know what Hopkins can do in this offense, but we also know what hamstring injuries do to wide receivers, the risk of re-injury. Uh, are you really rolling out DeAndre Hopkins right away? Do you want to wait a week? Where are you on him? I think you almost have to just because this offense has hit these crazy heights at times this year that I would have a really hard time leaving him on my bench because he could very easily just drop 25 points and you'd be kicking yourself if you didn't play him. Okay, but what if you're in a three-team guillotine league uh, and that's all that's there's only three teams left? Maybe, Maybe then I can sit Hopkins for another week. It's funny you ask because I did just pick him up in our guillotine league that I'm still in, by the way. I'm the only one on this podcast still alive in it. There are six teams left, and I'm probably starting him as my wide receiver three in that league this week. So I'm sitting here crossing my fingers. Yeah, but I mean, what's more impressive that you're still in the staff guillotine league that has six teams left that I've made it to third in one of two community. I'm just saying, you know, (laughs) uh, third place sounds like anyway, uh, DeAndre Swift is likely to miss multiple weeks with a shoulder injury that he suffered on Thanksgiving. I know there's some hope, especially with the long uh, break that he might be ready for week 13. They haven't like officially ruled him out or anything, but it just, that's the way the news is really trending. Um, so that makes Jamal Williams a very interesting candidate. He just came back from injury, scored 13 points in PBR on Thanksgiving. Uh, Eric, are you wanting to get Jamal Williams in your lineup right away? Or is it just, I mean, there's so many running backs that we have the volume and like Alex call, is he more Alex Collins or Alexander Madison? I split the difference. Um, but I, I think he's closer to Madison than Collins. I'm really low on Collins. So, I do think Jamal Williams, he's at least a good player. The coaches like him. He's good in pass protection. Uh, He caught five passes last week. He had that game week one with eight catches. Like, Jamal Williams can catch the ball. They'll be losing. They'll dump it off to him. He saw a 63% snap share last week, and that's even with Swift playing 20%. So I think Jamal Williams is a really good play just because of the garbage time points, essentially, and the the coaches trust him. So get him in your lineups. He is about my RB19 this week, and I'm definitely looking to play him if I need to. Yeah, I don't know exactly what the snap share was before Swift went out, but I remember seeing Williams on the field uh, a fair number of times. So it wasn't like it was all Swift, and then once he got hurt, then William, I mean, they, they like Williams. They're willing to play Williams quite a bit. Um, Dalvin Cook is expected to miss, miss at least two weeks with his shoulder injury. Uh, Alexander Madison scored 20-plus points in PPR in each of his two starts this year. I think he had over 25 carries or like 25 total touches in each of those two games. So obviously – they're going to give him the full workload. Uh, Christian McCaffrey is done for the season. He's back on IR. Uh, they're on bye. It's not a whole lot there, but I just felt like it was worth mentioning. Uh, and then finally, Debo Samuel is expected to miss one to two weeks with a groin injury. Uh, he has pretty much dominated the targets in San Francisco. And not just the targets, but also gotten work as a running back. I mean, they they just want to give the ball to Debo Samuel's hands as often as possible. So now, with this huge... Uh, Black hole kind of makes it sound like a bad thing, but there's like a lot more targets to go around. Who benefits in San Francisco, Ryan? 
I mean, believe it or not, Brandon Ayuk has been leading the 49ers in target share in the last four weeks. So he certainly benefits some, though maybe not as much as you think, because as you said, Debo's has been playing running back a lot recently. So it's honestly not as many targets getting added in as you might think. I mean, Debo's had five, two and four targets in the last three weeks. He's just been getting it done on yards after the catch and on rushes. Yeah, five uh, rushing attempts, eight rushing attempts, and six the last three weeks during that during that stretch where uh, his targets were down. So uh, Debo Samuel kind of doing a little bit of everything there in San Francisco. Um, you know, I, I just feel like we're seeing so many more of these players. Maybe that's why Cordero Patterson was like, I got to step it up. I got to go to the other side. Of the- I'm not special anymore. I got to get to the other side of the ball. Here's the real question. Uh, Yahoo, when are you going to give Debo Samuel running back uh, designation, huh? Huh? You know, what are you waiting for? There's some teams that could really use another running back out there. Let's be real. Uh, all right. Uh, before we get into uh, your surprising sits and starts Thursday Night Football, we were talking a lot this week kind of before as we were preparing for this podcast. And, and the two of you were, were pretty down on a lot of things, on wide receivers, <laughs> on offenses, just the, the NFL in general. Uh, I know the holiday blues tend to hit around this time of year. Look, the Christmas spirit isn't in full swing yet. We're starting to get the music. The peppermint mochas are available. It's a you know good time there, but you know you're still recovering from the trip to fan. It's just it's a weird time, and you guys seem to be hit hard by it on the fantasy football perspective. Eric, what, why are you so why are you so blue when it comes to football? Uh, well, I'll say I love the game of football, so I'm not blue on football. It's, it's ranking these these mainly wide receivers. Wide receiver rankings are brutal right now. I mean, there are so many like offenses that are just a train wreck, like Seattle, Jacksonville, Atlanta. Uh, the Giants receivers can't stay healthy. Tampa Bay's receivers aren't scoring any lately, which makes no sense. Denver's receivers are just horrible. You can barely start them. Like there are so many teams that are just like a wasteland. Uh, we were talking before the show. Like I've got Deontay Johnson as my wide receiver four this week, just because I know he's going to get eight to twelve targets. Like that's all I'm looking for anymore. Just give me someone who's going to be involved. I mean, DK Metcalf doesn't see a target for three quarters. I it, I don't know. I'm sick of ranking these receivers. It might be because the sun hasn't been out here in Ohio for like three days, and uh, it, you know it's dark by five o'clock. But um, I, I'm ready to stop ranking receivers. Just give me the running backs. I'm going to pawn that off on someone else. Yeah, I mean, the floor has just been zero for so many of these passing games in the NFL. Like, seeing the Seahawks struggle like they have been the last few weeks has been particularly annoying for me. I, I, If you remember, I was very high on Russell Wilson and the Seahawks before this season. So every time I watch them, like, struggle to put up points against Washington, I'm just tilting my face off. So it's just been a lot of tough offenses like that that just haven't done what I want them to. And that I feel like that's really my struggle in fantasy football is I have an idea of how all these offenses and players should perform. And for some reason, I get really upset when they don't. So I, I just went to the Seahawks uh, pro football reference page. I just I just wanted to uh, to remind myself of the numbers Geno Smith put up when he was uh, the starting quarterback, because it, it, I'm almost pining for those days. I just want to point out something here real quick. Geno Smith and Russell Wilson are having remarkably similar seasons, okay? Oh, no. uh, in an unreal manner. They uh, both have horrible records as quarter. I mean, I guess Geno Smith's technically – he has a 33% win percentage compared to Russell Wilson's 25%. So I guess Geno Smith's an improvement there. Completion rate, pretty much the same. Touchdown rate, exactly the same. Interception rate, the same. Yards per attempt, the same. Air yards per attempt, the same. Uh, quarterback rating. The same. I mean, it's like the same. Did did Russell Wilson come back or did Geno Smith just like steal his skin? I don't know. 
uh, Sierra is probably the only person who can tell us. But I'm, I'm just saying it's, it's, it's disappointing, and you guys are absolutely right. Ranking wide receivers can be really tough. Uh, there's so many. I, and, and you mentioned a lot of offenses there, Eric. And, and the offenses you mentioned, I mean, the, here's the wide receivers on those teams. We've got Metcalf and Lockett in Seattle. We really like both those guys. Mike Evans and Chris Godwin in Tampa Bay. With Antonio Brown hurts. It's not even like Brown came in and it, like last year where we're like, oh, no, what is this going to mean? Like with Brown out, these guys have not performed. Uh, we all were really high on Jerry Judy to begin the year. Maybe he's still feeling the after effects of the injury. I don't know. But him coming back has made Cortland Sutton like completely irrelevant. Uh, it's just it's it is it is indeed really frustrating. I mean, let's go back even further. We we're all so excited for Brandon Ayuk coming into the season, and then I mean, I guess now he's like okay. I don't know. Uh, but you know who does know is the people who write our sit start articles. So head on over to QBList.com. Uh, it's up every Thursday morning. You can check out our every single game in the NFL season. Uh, we talk about every fantasy-relevant player. Uh, and you can also check out Eric's rankings on the website so you can see where these guys stack up for him. Uh, you know, it, if he can get through the wide receiver rankings and, and actually bring himself to publishing them, uh, which honestly, Eric, if your rankings go up on the site and we have quarterback, running back, tight end, defense, we just don't have wide receiver rankings, I, 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 don't, I wouldn't blame you necessarily. I would understand, uh, you know, how you're feeling. Yeah, I'm not going to lie. I opened up the receiver rankings this week and just stared at them for a while. Just glazed over look. Uh, I mean, what do you do with Jamar Chase? Even Jamar Chase is disappointing us now. Like, there's just name after name here. Devontae Smith can't get more than, like, six targets a game. It's I could go down the list, but we'll get to them later. Okay, well, let's 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 bring ourselves up a little bit. Let's get a little bit more optimism around here. Who are some players that you are surprisingly starting this week that you're actually like, oh, you know what? Wow, look at that. I'm, I'm excited about this guy. Um, Eric, I feel like you need the optimism. Uh, let's bring the energy up here. Who, who are you excited for? Uh, nothing to get excited by mentioning a Jets wide receiver here. Uh, so, no, I'm trying to reach down the list a little bit. So I've got Jamison Crowder at wide receiver 34. Uh, this is mainly because Corey Davis and Keelan Cole seem to be at risk of missing this game. Um, and we've seen a pretty good target share for these receivers. So it's just going to be Elijah Moore and Jameson Crowder. So I think Crowder as a wide receiver three flex is in play against the Eagles. Um, and then uh, I also a surprising start would be Boston Scott on the other side of the ball against the Jets. We love playing players against the Jets. And, uh, you know, I don't know. Miles Sanders, his status seems to be up in the air. Jordan Howard may not be back. Um, that basically leaves Boston Scott, who is sick himself today, but they say it's not COVID related. So as long as Scott is healthy and out there, I think he's going to see a pretty good snap share. And that's going to mean good things against the Jets. Hey, hey, Ryan, uh, I just because you went all in on the Jets game last week doesn't mean you can bribe Eric off podcast off the record to have him talk about the Jets game this week. OK, if you want to talk about the Jets game again, do you, you can just say that those are your players yourself. You don't have to put Eric up to it. Yeah, I really appreciate Eric coming on here to save face for me. It it was very well done. Um, I really hope he enjoys touting Jamison Crowder and all the pain that comes with that. Uh, but it will not be me this week. So Look, here's here's the good thing. Here's what we learned about Eric today as a leader is that if one of his men jumps overboard, he will also jump overboard <laughs> with them. And I don't. Neither of them took a life vest with them, so I will just be sitting on the boat drinking some uh, a Mai Tai or something and watching it all burn. Uh, Ryan, who are your surprising starts this week? <laughs> yeah, so my first surprising start is going to be Josh Reynolds. Uh, he actually led the league with 77% of his team's air yards last week. Him and Jared Goff seem to have somewhat of a rapport. You guys are laughing. <laughs> I, 77%. I, 77%. <laughs> yes, that Goff 
that he was the only player that golf threw to basically is it's, it's the only one he he recognized he was like oh yeah josh we played together last yeah. year because yeah i remember I, that guy yeah because uh, I, I think he's looking around there in Detroit and realizing uh, everyone else he could throw to, he would, he'd rather not. So yeah. he was like, yeah, TJ Hawkinson? Nah, that's fine. I don't need to throw him the ball. Uh, I'll throw it to Josh Reynolds. I remember that guy. Yeah, and I mean, DeAndre Swift is likely to miss a couple games, as you mentioned, so that's potentially even more targets. I have Reynolds as a borderline flex play. He's my wide receiver 34. Uh, and then my other surprising start, is going to be Tony Pollard. Uh, if you remember about five minutes ago when I said that I'm just trying to match my perceptions of these players to their outcomes in real football, that's Tony Pollard. I just don't understand why the Cowboys won't give him more of a workload. There were rumblings of it earlier in the week when Zeke was dealing with being banged up. Uh, that seems to have reversed now. It kind of sounds like the Cowboys want to give Zeke a full workload again, but I don't trust it. I've just kind of taken this bait i feel like and will probably look like a fool but i think pollard is flexible in a pinch he's my rb25 yeah i uh i think the main reason why the the cowboys want to give zeke the ball so much and and don't give it to tony pollard is about nine there's about 90 million reasons uh why <laughs> they're force feeding the ball to zeke uh yeah that has nothing to do with the contract extension he signed another 90 million other reasons for sure you know it's it's because of that i think that they really want to make sure that they get the most out of that, you know, they didn't extend DeMarco Murray back in 2014. And they were like, should we learn our lesson? Nah, let's just overwork this guy. Uh, instead of using one of the most dynamic uh, kind of backup running backs. I think that, I, mean, I think Tony Pollard would be a good starter on a lot of different teams. But whatever. Uh, we'll, we'll use him 10 to 12 times a game and, and he'll look great. And then we'll let Zeke run three times and fall forward. Or sorry, run for three yards and then fall forward. Is it possible to be Frank Gore at age 25? Because I think that's what... <laughs> Ezekiel Elliott is now. Uh, all right, sits. I don't want to get too far into it because everyone's already. So we, we got to keep the energy up. So just who are your sits? You don't need to get too into it. Just just tell the people who they who they want to stay away from. Yeah, I'm sitting Matt Breda. He's still only topped out at about a 33% snap share through three games. And then uh, Cortland Sutton against the Chiefs. It's just he's been like seven, six PPR points every week. I just can't play him. Yeah, and I'm sitting Kendrick Bourne. He's been scoring a lot of touchdowns. He's looked great. I love the guy as a Pats fan, but I don't trust it against the Bills. And same with Devin Singletary. He took over most of the snaps with Zach Moss out last week, but I just do not like this game environment. I think the under of like 43 and a half is going to hit. Yeah, this Buffalo-New England game definitely feels like one of those division games where the final score is like 16 to 11. And I don't really know how we're getting to 11, but that's what divisional games do. Uh, so, you know, it's just, it's going to be one of those. I definitely feel that. Uh, all right, let's get into Thursday night football. Just a little bit, uh, Dallas versus new Orleans, both teams having a full week. No, no team on a short week here. Uh, so that's actually kind of interesting. I don't think that usually ever happens. So, uh, Dallas versus new Orleans here on Thursday night, uh, starting with new Orleans running game. Alvin Kamara did get in a few limited sessions this week. Um, he is labeled as questionable for this matchup. So have to keep an eye on his status. Uh, Mark Ingram is ready to go. So worst case scenario, we don't have to watch Tony Jones Jr. Uh, be out there. I don't Latavia. Why did they not want Latavius Murray? He looked like a better runner in Baltimore. Anyway, uh, so let's real quick. If Kamara is playing, not if he's starting, not if he has the full workload, but if he's just active, uh, is Mark Ingram someone that you're still willing to start based on concern about Kamara's workload? Uh, right now, I've got Ingram about RB28. So, you know, if you need him, 
Uh, I, I don't mind it. He catches passes, so that helps Ingram a lot in PPR leagues. But I would try to find another option. But he's going to be involved. The Saints are going to run the ball. Um, I guess Taysom Hill coming in throws another wrinkle in the pass catching for the running backs. So try to look elsewhere. Um, but you never know. Kamara could re-injure himself, and Ingram gets a nice workload. If if Kamara is inactive, is does Mark Ingram sh- uh, shoot up your rankings at all? Or is that 28 like with Kamara sitting? No, that's with Kamara playing. So okay. if Kamara were sitting, I still don't know how high I'm going to get him in a game. I think they're going to be trailing with Taysom Hill. Uh, but he, he's inside the top 20 running back. So I, I would feel much better about starting Ingram. Okay, Ryan, what about you? I'm absolutely staying away if Kamara is playing at all. I don't trust Mark Ingram in a negative game script. Um, but if Kamara isn't playing, I agree with Eric. I think he's a solid RB2 at that point. Um, there's not a lot of depth at the position this week with all the buys. So we would love to get a, another option here. Okay. Uh, is there anyone else on the Saints? We talked about Taysom Hill already. You both have him as like just outside starting quarterback range. So um, in a home league where half the teams have a second quarterback, uh, you're probably starting Taysom Hill. Uh, but other than that, uh, is there anyone else on the Saints that, that you actually think might be worth starting? No, not really. Uh, maybe if we see Taysom Hill latch on to one of these receivers, that something could happen. But Traquan Smith's been like okay lately, but it's still not startable. There are better options on waivers. Okay. Um, heading on over to the Dallas side, uh, CD Lamb is ready to play on Thursday. Um, and Amari Cooper was ev- activated from the COVID uh, reserve list. Um, however, he is listed as questionable. He is still recovering from COVID symptoms. Apparently, he had a cough and was at practice. So I don't know what's happening there. But Jerry Jones said the whole team is immunized because either they've all been vaccinated or they've all caught COVID. Um, so just, you know, do the math on that as to whether or not you should get vaccinated. No, you know, no, for- no formal stance here. Don't worry. I'm just saying. You know, every Dallas Cowboy who didn't get vaccinated got COVID this year. Anyway, uh, what are we doing with Amari Cooper? If he is playing, do you want to start him? Uh, Starting injured or sick or whatever, Amari Cooper scares me. So I've got him at wide receiver 30. Uh, This Saints defense actually has given up the fifth most PPR points to opposing receivers. They're pretty banged up. Uh, But I just, I don't know. I don't trust Cooper to be out there for the full share of snaps. And at that point, He's going to be real boom bust. So I would look for some other options over Cooper, but you're not going to find him on waivers. So, you know, if he's the best you have on your team, then roll him out there. Okay. Ryan. Yeah, I largely agree. I think he's in kind of the flex range for receivers, like somewhere 27 to 34, I would say. Um, you're not feeling great about it, but maybe, maybe Amari Cooper has a flu game. I, I could see that <laughs> potentially happening. Yeah, I mean Cooper. Cooper honestly has not been has not done a whole lot with Dak this year since Week One. Um, he's had a few touchdowns save his weeks, but it has not been your typical Amari Cooper season. Um, and it's not just because of uh, of Ceedee Lamb or anything like that. So I don't really know what to expect from Cooper if he's not fully healthy. Uh, what about Michael Gallup? Where are you on Gallup? Uh, depending on Cooper's status, I. I... If Cooper's playing, he's wide receiver 37. I'm not really looking to start him. I mean, I know we got one good week out of him with these injuries at wide receiver, but it wasn't that special. And I, I just think he's more of a flex play. Um, if Cooper's out, then he probably slots in right around where Cooper is, honestly, right around wide receiver 30. And I think you can definitely play him then. I actually feel a bit better about Gallup if we're in the world where Cooper doesn't play. I have him ranked at wide receiver 24 under that assumption. He's been commanding targets. He's made some impressive catches. Everybody was really wanting to make fun of him on Twitter on Thanksgiving, and then he immediately shut all those people up. So that was pretty funny. So I I would still ride him, honestly. 
Yeah, and uh, uh, it's a shame that Cedric Wilson probably not going to play this week uh, after doing what we said he was going to do last week, which was uh, do really well whenever you were looking at the TV uh, and <laughs> be completely invisible other than that. Um, I, you, I don't know you specifically, listener, but I know when you looked at the TV on Thursday, Cedric Wilson did something amazing. And when you weren't watching, he didn't do anything. Uh, all right. Uh, with the Cowboys running game, Ezekiel Elliott was a full participant on Tuesday. Um, he is expected to handle, quote, a serious load. Um, I feel like we've been hearing a lot of things this year about full loads and serious loads. I don't know what the ranking is, like what the ordering is, but serious load, that sounds like his normal workload. Um, however, there was also a different report earlier this week that coaching may want to reduce his workload a bit the rest of the way. Um, of course, that was, I think that report came out before half of like the Dallas coaching staff uh, was ruled out with COVID. So maybe it's just, you know, two different, uh, fi- you know, differing factions within the coaches, uh, you know, uh, staff there. So I uh, don't know what to expect season long, but apparently this week you should expect Zeke to get a full load. Uh, so what does that mean for Tony Pollard? Ryan, you mentioned him in your surprising start. Eric, are you excited about starting Tony Pollard? Um, I've got him running back 26, so he's um, ahead of, like, Devontae Freeman. I'd rather take the chance on Pollard over Freeman, I think. He's just a better player at this point. So uh, I, I think Zeke's kind of settled into um, not the most exciting player that will score a touchdown for you, and Pollard's the bigger play threat, and it's going to have up and down weeks. So, um, yeah, you could do a lot worse than play Pollard, but um, there are some maybe more boring running backs ahead of him that I would play, like Melvin Gordon or Boston Scott, as crazy as Boston Scott sounds. So, you know, it, it's going to be boom bust with Pollard, but um, the, the boom is worth it. Okay. Uh, and just what's your what's your level of, of interest in just in this Dallas offense this week? They've, I had some weird weeks, obviously, this past week against uh, Las Vegas. They definitely had a good week, but I don't know. Thursday Night Football, New Orleans, just do you feel like this is going to be a good week for them? Are you looking to get as many of the players into the lineup as possible? Uh, Dalton Schultz. Um, you know, or, or are you a little bit concerned? Yeah, I'm optimistic for sure. I believe Tyron Smith, he he's still healthy and out there, right? He mm-hmm. came back the other week and no setbacks. So offensive line's better. Um, C.D. Lamb, like we can't underestimate how big of a, a you know setback that is for the offense. He's important to be out there. So, no, I, I would expect good things. The Bills just took care of the Saints. I think the Cowboys do the same thing. Oh, that makes me feel uh, – it's nice to hear. Uh, all right. <laughs> we'll see if it plays out tomorrow. Uh, Ryan, uh, who are the best streamers this week? Yeah, so as I said before, we're going to go with Taysom Hill. I really see him as pretty much the only option for streaming quarterback. He is only rostered in 29% of leagues right now. I was almost expecting him to be at like 70% by the time I looked uh, tonight with all the hype that he's had. But I mean, it's for good reason. Like the, the rushing and goal line work definitely gives him appeal in his four starts last year. He had 33, 44, 49 and 83 rushing yards and four rushing touchdowns in that span. He was a QB one in three out of those four games. There, There's definitely upside here. And I mean, with all the quarterbacks that we've seen just have these like goose egg games, frankly, this season, I, he might honestly be a safer option than some that I have ranked above him too. So I think you can just plug him in and not worry too much. All right. Awesome. Uh, what about at tight end? Yeah. So at tight end, I'm actually excited to talk about in this time. It's Foster Moreau. He's somebody that I called out uh, before the season, I believe, he's only rostered in 15% of leagues. Darren Waller is expected to be out this week. And the last time that happened was in week seven and Foster Moreau played 100% of the snaps 
and caught six out of his six targets for 60 yards and a touchdown. Gruden loves this guy. He's super athletic. He just steps right into the Darren Waller role. Why they're not both on the field all the time, I'm not entirely sure based on the pass catchers that Vegas is usually rolling out there. I also just realized that I referenced Gruden, who's no longer with the team. So we're doing <laughs> we're doing great tonight. Is it is it bad that I didn't even notice? I was like, yeah, Gruden. Uh, I mean, listen, when uh, when Gruden's at, at head coach, and then you know you're talking about uh, Foster Moreau is not on the field because Henry Ruggs is out there. Um, yeah, definitely a couple of people there in Las Vegas holding uh, Foster Moreau back for sure. Um, no, but in, in all seriousness, we did talk about Moreau before the season. Uh, you know, there was some concern about Darren Waller's availability to start the year. He wasn't uh, practicing in the preseason. Um, obviously, that did not come to pass. Waller has been out there. Uh, but I want to point out, you mentioned Moreau, 100% of the snaps in week seven. Uh, last week, 89% of the snaps uh, against Dallas. So Moreau is someone who's out there. Five targets, just one reception last week. Um, but that's, you know, because the Dallas is shut down defense. We're so good. You know, it's, it's tough to, to do anything against us. Uh, but Washington, they, they suck. So you're fine. Foster Moreau, good, good streamer there. Uh, and then for defense, um, I see you've got Kansas City here against Denver. Uh, I think Denver is actually currently the more uh, uh, rostered defense in Yahoo. And I just think that's pretty funny. Yeah, that that is absolutely insane to me. I did not notice that, but I guess it's not all that surprising with the brand that Denver's got going. But really, Kansas City is favored by 10 points at home and they're coming off a bye. Like this is really just a textbook streamer. Uh, The Broncos are implied only 19 points by Vegas and the Chiefs defense has been pretty good for the last month. They've been facing like backup QBs and the Cowboys without Tyron Smith and they've gotten lucky with turnovers, but they have at least one interception in each of their last six games. And we know the Broncos can throw interceptions, especially if they get down and have to throw and can't run the ball 40 times like they like to. So I think Kansas City is a pretty strong play this week. Yeah, they, uh, they're both actually 40% rostered. I think the tiebreaker is the fact that Denver is alphabetically ahead of Kansas City. Um, however, I do want to point out that Denver's rostership has gone up 5% in the last 24 hours. So there, there are 5% of Yahoo leagues out there that saw a Kansas City matchup, and they're like, no, it's fine. The Broncos just scored 15 or uh, 17 fantasy points against the Chargers. It's the same thing heading to Kansas City uh, as it is doing it at home against the Chargers. So, yeah, I mean, you know, how could that go wrong? Uh, Kansas City has gone up 14%. So there's 9% more of Yahoo agrees with you, Ryan. So uh, everyone, everyone's a little bit on that there. All right. Um, there's a lot of time between now and Sunday. We're going to talk about a lot of players who are going to be playing on Sunday, who might not be playing on Sunday. But if between now and then situations change, uh, some stuff happens with your lineup, you need to figure out what to do, we'll just come onto our Discord server. Uh, if you head over to pitcherlist.com slash plus, you can sign up for PL Plus where you get access to the Discord server. You can come in, talk to all of us, uh, tag me, tag Eric, tag Ryan, tag whoever you want in the Cubula staff and ask for help with your lineup on Sunday morning or Saturday night. You know, if you want to get ahead of the game, try to, you know, not wait till the last minute might, might be helpful, but either way, you know, you can let us know what you're looking at, um, what, what kind of league you're in, what your specific lineup decisions are. Uh, we've always got people there looking to help and, and help you win your league. So come on down. Um, and for the rest of this podcast, all of our recommendations are always for 12 team PPR leagues. So just, just remember that, you know, if we, if we don't love your running back as much because you're in a standard league, well, you know, we're talking about PPR leagues here. Uh, so speaking of running backs, there's some injury news to discuss because there always is. We talked about the major ones up at the top of the show, uh, DeAndre Swift, Ale- uh, uh, Dalvin Cook, and Christian McCaffrey. Uh, but 
Chase Edmonds is going to miss at least one more week. Uh, he They're talking about him playing in week 14, uh, so he's not going to be playing here in week 13. James Conner will be the starter. James Conner isn't great. Well, Chase Edmonds out. I uh, don't want to spoil their rankings for you, but I'm pretty sure they say um, start James Conner. Yes, uh, Eric and Ryan both say start James Conner. Uh, Daryl Henderson Jr. did not practice. He's dealing with a quad injury. Uh, his status is up in the air. Are you hopeful that Daryl Henderson is going to play this week? Um, and if he doesn't, how high are you on Sony Michelle? It's a little tricky because they're playing Jacksonville. And, um, I mean, I know the Rams have been struggling, but you'd hope they could blow this game out. Um, it would give them a, an excuse to not play Henderson for sure. But I do also think the Rams kind of want to get right here. So I think if Henderson can play, he's in there personally. It may lower his ceiling a little bit, though, if they pull him in the third quarter. But um, we'll see. Jacksonville's defense hasn't been as bad as it was early in the season. So feeling pretty good about Henderson playing. But uh, I do think Sony Michelle is one of those handcuffs worth rostering, especially this time of the year. Uh, because if Henderson went down, I, I think Michelle slots into that role really well, and there's really nobody behind him. So if you didn't already have Michelle, I'd go get him just in case because he would be a starter um, if Henderson was out completely. And I think I'd probably get him as high as, again, top 20 range, maybe top 18. Uh, I just I think he'd be a good play against Jacksonville. Yeah, I agree completely. I mean, we have seen before where if Daryl Henderson is missing time, they are happy to just plug Michelle in there and play him for 70% of the snaps. So completely agree with Eric. He's a priority handcuff. Even if you don't have Henderson, I think he's a good stash right now to just get Sony Michelle on your bench for the playoffs, potentially, if Henderson does have a more serious injury or maybe re-aggravates it. So yeah, I'm pretty optimistic about whichever one of them is starting. Yeah, by the way, at what point in the season, I mean, uh, for most people, we're maybe one to three weeks out of your playoffs starting, uh, maybe, maybe like two to three weeks out from your playoffs starting. At uh, what, what point are you looking to start really getting into rostering your own handcuffs um, and making sure, like, if you have Daryl Henderson, you're getting Sony Michelle, but that's because he's hurt. Um, if you have a running back who's not currently injured, uh, are you looking to grab his backup now? Yeah, I think this is about the time. Uh, in my leagues anyway, waivers are getting pretty thin anyway. Um, so you, I, I could see dropping, like if you had if you had Mixon and you had Samaj P. Ryan, I could see dropping P. Ryan to get Jamal Williams, things like that. But otherwise, there aren't a lot of breakout candidates on waivers outside of injuries. So now is the time to get the handcuff. Um, you've probably, if you're a playoff team, you've got your starters pretty locked in, as long as you have some depth for your flex spot. But I'm not worried about rostering five different running backs, like, you know, J.D. McKissick types. Like, just get some handcuffs so you can feel good about those RB1s and RB2s heading into the playoffs. Yeah, I, I would I would imagine it's really the guys who have locked in high, high like, big workloads that are the people you yeah. want to uh, be handcuffing. So someone like, uh, I don't know, Leonard Fournette grabbing Ronald Jones. Actually, that one's a bad, bad example because Bruce Arians hates Ronald Jones. Um, but <laughs> like, like Kenyon Drake, maybe. Um, mm -hmm. He would probably get a good workload if Jacobs got hurt. Yeah, that's a, that's a perfect example. So if you have one of those top 10, top 15 running backs who have a really uh, – a you know heavy workload locked in uh, might not be a bad idea. If you have David Montgomery, probably you should keep Khalil Herbert uh, just as an example. Uh, all right, uh, Miles Sanders was limited in practice on Wednesday. Jordan Howard did not practice. We talked about Boston Scott already up at the top of the show. He is one of Eric's surprising starts. Um, I imagine that is uh, if Jordan Howard is inactive. If Howard is active, uh, but like you know we're not sure of his workload. Are you still willing to roll out Boston Scott? <laughs> they really like uh, Jordan Howard, so I would be pretty worried. Um, he's probably closer to RB 30, 28. Uh, I still think you can start him, but it puts a lot more 
question marks in the air. So, um, yeah, they, they like Howard. They'll play him if he's healthy. Okay. Yeah, that's, that's that's great news. We love hearing that about Jordan Howard in 2021. Uh, J.D. McKissick did not practice on Wednesday. He's still in the concussion protocol after being carted off the field on Monday. Ryan, how stoked are you about Antonio Gibson? Uh, I mean, I don't like to victory lap injuries. Like, I this is not how I wanted Antonio Gibson to turn out this year at all. But I will say he's been getting a lot of touches even in the last couple of weeks with McKissick active. Uh Washington has been running this extremely annoying ball control offense where they just want to hold the ball for as long as they possibly can. So Gibson's going to get like 40 touches a game, apparently. So, I mean, maybe it bodes well for him. I do have him in my top 10 running backs this week, which I honestly might be the first time all season. I think they just watched that uh, Ted Lasso episode where they parked the bus. I don't want to give away too many spoilers. You should be watching Ted Lasso if you haven't watched it yet. If you don't have Apple TV, don't worry. Just get the trial and you'll binge the whole thing in like two weeks. Don't worry about it. But uh, yeah, there's one episode where they park the bus. And I think that's what Washington has decided to try to do. Uh, you know, they are two different kinds of football, but don't worry. It's the same same strategy. It'll work just fine. Uh, most added wide receiver, or sorry, most added running backs uh, on Yahoo this week. Uh, some really obvious uh, people here. Jamal Williams, Alexander Madison. You're starting both. Is it, are, What worlds exist, Eric, in which you're not starting Jamal Williams or Alexander Madison? I can't imagine Alexander Madison. He's already played against the Lions this year and had 25 carries, seven catches, and was the RB6. So um, Jamal Williams, um, I mean, like I said, he's about RB19 for me. So if you had CEH and a couple other those types ahead of him, I could see playing him, but I really like Jamal this week. Okay. Uh, Chuba Hubbard, also most added. They don't play, but uh, McCaffrey out for the year means Hubbard is back starting there in Carolina. Um, Boston Scott and Sonny Michelle, who we just talked about. And finally, uh, six most added running back. Eric, how excited are you to hear that Matt Breida is, uh, has been added in a lot of leagues? Uh, we know we know how Eric feels about Breida. Uh, Ryan, is there? do you have any interest? I know you don't want to start Devin Singletary, uh, but Breida has been kind of getting the Zach Moss role, where as soon as the, the Bills are within, uh, you know, any type of valuable touch distance. They're like, nah, Devin Singletary, you're good. We're going to put Matt Breida in there. Uh, how do you feel about him? Yeah, I Matt Breida is a player with a special place in my heart because he's the first player I ever wrote an article about. That's a fun fact. That was in like 20, cool. 2016 or something, probably. Really I think cool. it was his rookie year. Um, but no, I'm not interested in starting him. I mean, even last week, he had two red zone opportunities to Singletary's three. So that's actually flipping a little bit. Um, he's not just stepping into the Zach Moss role. And again, I'm very not interested in this Pats Bills game. Yeah. And I will say, I think Breda's like an okay, like stash on your bench. I just don't want to start him this week. And I'll also say we have no idea about Zach Moss. For all we know, he's going to be like playing this week and it's a three-way split or Breda's inactive or Singletary's. I mean, I don't know who's going to play. So I, I just, I don't think we know what's going to happen this week. That's why I don't want to start Breda. Okay. Uh, and then at running back, I mean, uh, you know, we're starting, we, we're at that point in the season where you kind of know what to expect from a lot of these guys. Um, and if they're out there and healthy and nothing changes between now and Sunday, you should be playing them. Like, I don't know, Jonathan Taylor, for example, should be in your lineup, probably. Uh, Cordell Patterson, uh, both offense and defense should be in your lineup. Uh, but there's some people that we've got some questions on. Obviously, we kind of talked about Gibson already. He's had mostly good weeks recently. Uh, definitely a few duds, uh, but with J.D. McKissick out uh, or presumably out, you should feel safe starting him. Um, Ezekiel Elliott getting a serious load on Thursday should feel safe starting him. Uh, what about David Montgomery 
just came back from injuries, had two pretty substandard weeks. Uh, should we be looking for someone else to start ahead of David Montgomery? He was one that I kept lowering in my ranks for sure. I got him all the way down to RB20, actually with Jamal Williams ahead of him. Uh, they're playing a tough Cardinals defense. You know, it's just this Bears offense is pretty slow paced. It's I don't know. The pass catching is down. He's only got, what, two games or three catches or more this year. Uh, so I don't know. You're hoping for a touchdown. They don't score a lot. I just don't see the PPR upside. So I think Montgomery's maybe kind of back to that running back we saw before that, you know, huge breakout last year. He's just he's a volume guy. Not super exciting playing if you need to. Yeah, I mean, I also have David Montgomery RB20 and me and Eric talked before that he was one that had super hurt our feelings after last Thursday. I mean, I'm one of the stupid people that played him at 70% roster ship on DraftKings on Thanksgiving DFS. So I, a lot of you are out there with me, hopefully. But yeah, Montgomery is at like the top of my running back tier where I would rather start a lot of wide receivers over them. So I think it's possible you can get him out of there. But again, we're only talking about 19 running backs ahead of him. So it's pretty rough sailing out there. Yeah, I mean, I, I didn't look at what the best lineups were last Thursday because I didn't do well and I just didn't feel like, you know, checking back on that. But uh, I feel like based on who who did perform well and how so many of the top performers did, how many of the people we expected, you know, DeAndre Swift, David Montgomery, uh, Darren Waller. Uh, I mean, a lot of this, you know, due to injury, but still. I get the sense that like if you're the person who you make your March Madness bracket by just picking every upset, you probably did pretty well last last Thursday. If you were like, I'm going to pick guys that no one else wants, you, you probably had a good week for yourself. So, you know, it was a nice welcome back to DFS for me. I haven't played much this year. So it was like first game up oh, Swift's hurt. That's over. Second game up oh, Waller's hurt. That's over. It's like, OK, I'm not even playing the night game now. That's how my Thanksgiving went. I went I went all in on on uh, on Knox last week just just because you just because you said there's no reason not to pick Waller. I was like, I have one. It's because you said so. Uh, OK, uh, Miles Sanders, you guys are both pretty low on. Uh, obviously, we talked about him quite a bit. Some injury concerns. Uh, some Eagles like to use other running back concerns. Um, if Sanders is a full go, like how much of your current rankings? You guys both have him outside your top 25. If Miles Sanders is a full go. They're like, hey, he's fully healthy. We've had a modern medical miracle between today and Sunday. Like, is he ranked much higher? Or are you just concerned enough about the Eagles running game in general that it doesn't matter? You know, I've got him right at 25. I think if he's a full go healthy and Howard's out, the key is if Howard is out as well. I think you could get him up to about RB20, right? I'd probably play him over David Montgomery against Arizona. I mean, you know, Sanders is playing the Jets. I'll take that matchup. But if Howard's back... Or if Sanders is limited, I'm not super interested in playing. Yeah, I was going to say the same. I think I'm slightly less mad at Miles Sanders right now than I am at David Montgomery. So <laughs> would just stick him in right there. Uh, he, he his timeout lasts a little less than than David. You've got David Montgomery on like like you're in your room, door closed. Miles Sanders, you just told to sit in the corner. Yeah, David Montgomery is like in his room on the stool, facing the corner, like light shut off door like oh my god lights shut off holy cow (laughs) yeah i'd be a great parent by the way (laughs) yeah yeah uh by the way he's totally if the door is closed you know he's just chilling on his ipad he's not even worried about there's not even a there's not even a grounding for kids anymore they're they're, they're totally fine uh all right um what about so we talked a lot about the running backs facing new england what about damien harris going up against the buffalo defense um that's pretty tough uh and and we all know this new england running game like are you willing to play damien harris Uh, where does he rank for you 
Yeah, I'd be curious to hear Ryan here because I've got him RB23. Bills are third lowest in PPR points um, to running backs. Uh, I don't know. It's it's not a great matchup here. So you're hoping for a touchdown, I guess. So that's why, I mean, I slot him above Miles Sanders right now. Um, but I would move Sanders up if, if Howard's out and Sanders is healthy. Yeah, I mostly agree. You're hoping for a touchdown. I feel a little better about him than Ramondre. It seems like the Pats slightly favor him. But yeah, as you said, the Bills are a really tough matchup for opposing running backs, and I hate this game script. So I would rather start wide receivers. But again, he's in the top 24 because of how bad the position is this week. Okay, and then, you know, what, what about all those unlucky folks out there who, you know, maybe maybe they drafted like Dalvin Cook and DeAndre Swift, and, and they believed in Mike Davis, and just it has not gone well. They added like Tony Jones last week. It's just not gone well. This and this, they're, they're players that they're choosing from are just these high volume, but not super exciting guys. Just which of these high high volume guys are you most looking forward to playing? Um, between, uh, we'll start with Devontae Freeman, uh, and then we'll also say Alex Collins, Tevin Coleman, uh, and then I guess both of the Houston dudes, Rex Perkhead and, and David Johnson. Just which which of those running backs who we can expect to get at least ten touches, some of them at least fifteen. Uh, you know. Who do you want to play or who are you willing to play this week? Yeah, I think kind of his own tier for me by four or five spots is Devontae Freeman. Um, it's at least a good offense. Uh, Pittsburgh fell apart last week. I, I don't think they're quite the team they used to be. They're actually giving up 110 yards rushing a game. So um, I think it's an okay matchup. He's getting about half the snaps with Murray. So it's kind of Freeman and everyone else for me. Um, I'm not playing the Houston running backs. So that, that can kind of take them off the list. So yeah. Alex Collins and Tevin Coleman, that's who, you, that's who you're excited for? No, not at all. <laughs> uh, Ryan, what about you? Yeah, I agree. It's clearly Freeman of this group just because of the offense, as Eric said. Um, I Honestly, I have Collins ranked the highest of the other four you mentioned, but I really do not want to play him at all. I'd almost rather roll the dice on somebody like DJ Dallas getting some targets rather than volume on the ground. Okay, so in in terms of like passing on volume on the ground, um, you mentioned DJ Dallas uh, there in Seattle. Are there any other uh, kind of those running backs that you're willing to you know roll the dice on as opposed to taking the? I mean, I'd call it the safe route, but you know the points are putting up aren't exactly. Safe. But you get what I'm saying that the safe volume route versus this like can we get lucky with a few um, you know really high value passing uh, or receptions? I mean, I think maybe you can roll the dice on Naheem Hines. I mean, if the Colts blow out the Texans in like two quarters this week, then maybe he sees some added work. That hasn't really been the case as of late. Um, I mean, he did have four targets last week against the Bucks, but didn't really do a whole lot for you if you started him for some reason. But he's one that I would point to over somebody like David Johnson. What about like Sony Michelle uh, and, the, and the thought that Daryl Henderson doesn't play the full game, even if he's healthy? Yeah, I think he is possible there, too. It, it's really hard to start somebody banking on an injury, but right. I think you could play him over the Texans guys, at least. Yeah, a couple, I would say, I mean, real dart throws, but like Brandon Bolden against Buffalo could catch a few passes. Um, that feels maybe a little better than like David Johnson or something. Daryl Williams, I know CEH is probably going to take his job, but he did outsnap CEH the last game they played, his first game back, uh, 52 to 47. And we saw 
Daryl Williams catch a few balls in the, in the past. So these aren't good options by any means. Kenneth Gainwell, maybe he gets involved if Howard's out and Sanders is hurt, but it, it's pretty ugly down here. So none of these you're going to feel real great about. All right. Uh, let's move on over to wide receiver. Um, your guy's favorite position to talk about, um, I, which it's funny earlier this year, it was like, yeah, wide receiver. We have so many good ones. This is everything's great. Let's talk wide re- wide receiver. I love this. And now you guys are like, can, um, maybe, maybe tight end is better. I don't know. Uh, let's just real quick. Some injury news. Uh, Alan Robinson did not practice. Um, drop Alan Robinson. You should have yeah. already. <laughs> yeah. I'm not sure he wants to play for the, the bears anymore. So just move on. Uh, Antonio Brown is now expected to n- miss the next two weeks as well. This, I mean, he's not played since week six. They're ruling him out multiple weeks at a time. Uh, it just, I don't know if you can continue to hold on to Antonio Brown unless he's not costing you a roster spot. But if you're in a position where you've got multiple people, you know, competing for the same one or two IR spots or you don't have IR spots, I don't, I just don't know if we're going to see Antonio Brown. Uh, again this season or if we do what what his workload is going to be like uh Kadarius Tony and Sterling Shepard both did not practice on Wednesday I, I don't know what's going to happen this is the Giants this is what they do like every week I feel like we talk about this and there's really no way of knowing who's going to play uh, but apparently Daniel Jones uh, I know he's not a wide receiver but he does this matters uh he's apparently unlikely to play after he suffered a strained neck so um do you want any part of any of these Giants uh you know passing pass catchers I thought they said Jones might play now. I this The Giants' injuries are all over the place. You're right. They're impossible to keep up with. It's not a huge difference maker if Daniel Jones is out there. But um, I, I think you could see a way where Kenny Galladay gets a pretty good amount of volume here. Um, but the problem is, like, Miami is going to look good probably on all the points against stats you see. But their defense has been a different defense the past few weeks. They've been really tough. Uh, and I, I think it's a style that would give Daniel Jones a lot of trouble. They're really – up on the line, you know, blitzing or faking the blitz. And I, I don't think Jones would do well with that. So Galladay is about the only one I'm interested in. I don't think you can trust the other two first game back quite yet. Yeah. Uh, there's some teams out there where we don't get enough information from them. We don't hear anything. And I feel like the giants, any, any time, like, like Daniel Jones feels marginally better. Like he wakes up in the morning. He's like, Oh, my neck doesn't hurt as much. Like the team's like running to tell the news, like, Oh, Daniel Jones feels a little bit better. He's gonna be limited. Like just, chill new york we don't need every piece of information uh from you guys we can just you know deal with the important stuff but you know that's not the way new york uh, media operates um unless you're the jets because no one cares uh Devontae parker returned to practice for the first time as the dolphins did open his 21 day window to return from ir so obviously galen waddle uh has been getting all of the volume lately um but Devontae parker was an interesting fantasy he was a fantasy relevant wide receiver when he was healthy early in the year ryan uh, are you going out to stash Devonte Parker? Uh, you know, what, what's your level of excitement for him? I think there's a world where you can stash him. If you're in a league where you start three wide receivers. Um, and I mean, this dolphins offense as a whole has been looking better as of late. They've been stringing some wins together. And as you said, Jalen Waddle's just been dominating this target volume. So I hope it doesn't become a situation where they're just splitting targets again. And neither are as exciting, but I think if you're in like a deep league and you really are going to need a wide receiver for your playoff run, then I think there are worse stashes out there. Uh, yeah. Uh, Parker averages about uh, nine targets, five receptions and 65 yards per game. So uh, about 11 uh, PPR points on average per game when he was healthy. So um, should be interesting if you have Jalen Waddle, something to, to monitor as well. Um, not that you're not starting Jalen Waddle right now with the way he's been playing lately, but 
uh, just something to keep an eye on in, in Miami for sure. Uh, and then finally, Odell Beckham Jr. did not practice on Wednesday with a hip pointer. Um, he played 98% of the snaps this past week. I feel like if he's good, they're going to put him out there, especially as they're down Robert Woods already. Um, you know, Eric, we were kind of not sure what we'd get from Beckham in, in L.A. There were people who were hanging on to him, people who were adding him, and people who were like, Beckham hasn't been good in years anyway, as it was. Um, you know, now that you've seen him play with Stafford in this in this offense, um, what's your what's your level of interest in Odell Beckham Jr. Uh, if he does get practices in this week and, and is able to play? I'm very interested. I'm, like he was wide receiver nine last week. I know it was on the back of one big touchdown, but he just wasn't getting those in Cleveland. Like he barely cracked the top thirty wide receivers two different times this year. So. Like, I don't, this is what we need. The big playability is there. I thought he looked pretty good overall, not like prime dominant Odell Beckham, but um, even with the offense, you know, tanking and Stafford looking pretty bad, he almost he put up 19 fantasy points. So I feel pretty good about him. I got him at wide receiver 29 just with the injury concerns. And the fact it's Jacksonville, maybe they take it easy on him this week. But if it's full go of health, he, he jumps up another five or six spots. Like, I, I, I think he's going to spot that less, the rest of the year. It's Arizona, Seattle, Minnesota, Baltimore. Like, those are some shootout games. So I would feel good about Beckham the rest of the season. Yeah, uh, received about 25% of uh, the targets from Stafford. Uh, he and Cooper Cup tied for the team lead with uh, 10 uh, targets this week. And Van Jefferson right there, number nine, which leads me to the most added wide receivers to Van Jefferson, second most added wide receiver, uh, Kendrick Bourne and Russell Gage right up there with him. Which of those three receivers are you most interested in starting this week, Ryan? I'm most interested in Van Jefferson for a lot of the same reasons as why we're now interested in Odell Beckham. I mean, even if the Rams offense isn't working well because of pick sixes in real life, I mean, there's volume there. We've seen Jefferson put up some big weeks already this year. I think he's completely reasonable to start in your flex. Uh, I've already said that I don't like this game for Bourne at all. And then for Russell Gage, I, I'll let Eric talk about the Falcons. <laughs> Yeah, Eric, why don't you tell me about the uh, the Falcons? What's your uh, how how excited are you for Russell Gage? Oh, I'm not excited, but I, I'm apparently the high man on him. So I've got him at wide receiver 36. I think he's definitely in play. He's uh, he's hurt us three times this year. He's had three different games where he has uh, scored zero fantasy points. Uh, week eight against Carolina was so bad that they don't even have stats for him on fantasy pros. It's just like a blank, like he was hurt. So um, he didn't even get a target that week. So everyone is, hates to play him because of those three weeks. I get it. But uh, we've been talking about how bad receiver is this year. And he's had um, multiple, I mean, like three of the last four have been double digits. Um, he's been 20 or better at wide receiver three of the last five weeks. No, three of the last six. I keep the week that has no stats and it keeps throwing me off. But about half of his weeks lately, he's uh, been a top 20 wide receiver. So he's getting some volume. Um, Tampa Bay, they're going to be losing. They're not going to be able to run the ball. They got to throw to somebody. So Gage is a, a bottom end wide receiver three, but you can play him. Yeah. So the, the Carolina game sticks out like a sore thumb because the, <laughs> so, so of the last six games, right. You mentioned, so four of them, he scored double digits in people. Well, one of them, he scored 9.9. We'll round up uh, four of the games. He scored double digits in PPR. Uh, the one game other than the Carolina one was when Atlanta just absolutely imploded against the Cowboys um, lost 43 to three. So you can kind of, if, if we were to treat Russell Gage like a normal wide receiver and looked at this, we'd say, well, you throw that game out. A lot of people, you know, you, you just kind of, that was the game. Falcons couldn't get anything going. Uh, and so, you know, we shouldn't hold that against them. The Carolina game though, it's a competitive game. He's out there 65% of the snaps. 
and doesn't see a single target. So I can absolutely see why that would, would scare someone off. But you're right. I mean, four out of the last six weeks, uh, near double digit or more uh, in PPR, and then three of the last six being a top 20 wide receiver. So if you know the floor is zero, you know, there's that. <laughs> but, but uh, you know, he's also he's also had some good weeks. So, Eric, uh, would you – now you're the high person out of the, you, Ryan, and, and uh, Fantasy Pro's expert consensus rankings, but are you higher on gauge – than Van Jefferson or Kendrick Bourne? Um, I have Van Jefferson ahead, wide receiver 32, pretty close to Odell Beckham. I I like Jefferson quite a bit this week and rest of season. Um, Bourne is below gauge. I have, I have Bourne at wide receiver 39. So a lot of it is the matchup against Buffalo. I just don't like it for Bourne. And I hope Gage gets some garbage time points here. I mean, I know it didn't work against the Cowboys, but let's hope for some garbage time points. Uh, yeah, I mean, I don't think anything worked against the Cowboys that week. And then they followed that up, of course, by uh, getting shut out by the Patriots. But even though they scored a combined three points in two weeks, great Falcons offense, uh, uh, Gage was still able to put up five receptions for 49 yards against the Patriots. So um, just goes to show that, that you know, if, if the Falcons offense can do anything, uh, Gage will be involved. Uh, Jefferson, by the way, 58% rostered. So you still have the ability to go out and get him. Uh, born and Gage, both around 30% rostered. So they're even more available. Uh, also added a lot this week, uh, Devontae Parker. We already talked about him. And then Deshaun Jackson uh, in Las Vegas has been added quite a bit. Um, I think mostly because he just scored 19 points, uh, PPR points against the Cowboys, three receptions, 102 yards, and the touchdown. But, um, you know, that is what Deshaun, Deshaun Jackson is capable of, those big plays. So is that something that you want to continue to chase? No, I, ne- I never like chasing these big play receivers like Deshaun Jackson anyway, That when that's all they have. I mean, in, in a deep league, like he has consistently hit big plays this year. So it, it's it's not crazy to play him in like a 14 team or in a flex spot or something. But um, no, I'm, it's just, there's just not much upside as far as target share goes. Yeah, I would say Deshaun Jackson is really just kind of in the Henry Ruggs role here where he'll get some deep shots, but it's not something you really want to bank on in fantasy football. I will say that he was somebody I had completely forgot was on Vegas. Now uh, I I was like really confused staring at my TV. Tr- like, you know, at Thanksgiving where you're trying to look smart in front of all your relatives, like, yeah, I, I know all these random players on the back of these rosters, but I'm, I'm like, who, who is Jackson on the Raider? And then it, <laughs> it, it hit me when he had the long touchdown. I'm like, that's Deshaun Jackson. Yeah, he was uh, up to 48% snap share last week. You know, he had that play against KC, I think, where he turned around the wrong way and fumbled it, and that could have been a long touchdown. He's, you know, he's had four games where he's hit a big play. So it's, I don't know, it's not impossible, but I'm not going to bank on it. All right, and then as far as uh, the rest of the wide receiver rankings go, I mean, like, okay, I think the real question, because it's not, it's weird. It's not like running back where, you know, we know what the volume is for these top wide receivers. Um, and so even though they've had bad weeks recently, it's like, yeah, we'll still throw them out there. But like, I I have to know. So if I have DK Metcalf or Tyler Lockett or Jamar Chase uh, or Chris Godwin or Mike Evans uh, or Terry McLaurin <laughs> or Michael Pittman Jr., I could keep going. I'll just stop there. That's probably enough names as it is. Like these are guys that I think people have reason to be concerned about. Um, so just in order of, of the fantasy pros expert consensus ranking, just one to 10, what's your level of concern uh, this week to start Jamar chase? Um, 10, 10 being 10 being you're very, very concerned. And you're looking like these are guys who you probably don't have a ton of better wide receivers on your team, but like you're looking to maybe get them out of your lineup. Probably. 
Uh, one being just start him. Don't worry about it. Chase is like a, a two. I mean, the matchup isn't great, but he's just a touchdown threat. So I like Chase. Yeah, I agree. I like the game total for this game. Uh, I would just play Chase. He will probably get a deep ball eventually again. Would be nice. <laughs> uh, what about Chris Godwin? About the same. I, I worry about his upside sometimes, but he's still a two or three on concern. Yeah, for him and Mike Evans, I think you have to keep playing them. Just a two or a three out of ten, uh, especially with Brown still out. Like, all these offenses have just had these weird weeks. The Bucks have been pretty good all year, so I'll give them a mulligan. Okay, uh, and, and Eric, Mike Evans? Yes, exact same spot. Okay, yeah. um, what about uh, Terry McLaurin? He's more like a four for me. It's not that, I mean, he's my wide receiver 17. He's just, he's pretty boomer bust. And the weeks he doesn't get a touchdown, you're looking at like a, a wide receiver 40 weeks. So it's just not a lot of consistency there. And Las Vegas hasn't been that, that bad against receivers. So just too many sub 10 point weeks for me to feel too good about them. Yeah, I agree. And like, he is still seeing some target volume, uh, seven, eight and seven targets in his last three games. Um, but it, in Washington, this the way they've been running their offense, as I alluded to earlier, has just been to run, 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 and not worry about scoring. So I would give it like a five. Okay. Uh, Michael Pittman, who has scored less than uh, fewer than 15 points combined in the last two weeks and fewer than 30 points combined in the last three. I'm actually like real low on him. It's like a two or something. I don't know why. I just, I think it's just, I'm buying into the talent here, but especially against Houston, it's a good matchup. And I just, I just, I think he's a touchdown scorer and a big play threat. And I'm just going to keep rolling him out there. He's more of like a four or a five for me. I'm still not entirely convinced on the Michael Pittman talent. It, I mean, it's really come when just every other receiver on that team has been out where he's had these huge games. I I'm, I think I'm just the low man on him and always will be though. That might just be some priors from dynasty that I can't get over. Okay. Uh, and then let's, let's we got to talk about Seattle. Uh, Tyler Lockett and DK Metcalf. Um, you know, Lockett has at least scored double digits in PPR in three of the last four games. Uh, but he had his, his low weeks, uh, you know, prior to week, uh, week eight. Uh, and then DK Metcalf each of the last three weeks under 10 points in PPR, just 2.3 points in PPR this past week. So, uh, and he had another week earlier this year, too, where his his game was saved by like a late long catch um, before the bye as well. So I don't remember which week that was, but I knew I do remember it because I lived it. Uh, uh, Eric, where where are you on DK Metcalf and, and Tyler Lockett? As a DK Metcalf manager in a lot of leagues, I don't know if I can answer this one rationally, honestly. Uh, this whole situation is very perplexing to me. I'm going to say it's like a seven just because I don't know what's going on. I mean, I, I Wilson just looks bad and I don't know if he's over his injury. So both of them are around like a seven. My confidence in ranking which one of these is going to have the better week is like a zero. I have no idea. If you ask me which one to pick Metcalf or Lockett on a weekly basis, I have no clue. I have them at wide receiver 19 and 20. I'm just throwing my hands up. Uh, I'm going to roll them out there in my leagues because I can't help it, but um, they, they scare me a lot. Yeah, I'm in pretty much the same place. Uh, week to week, it does feel like you have to start them. So there are five or six out of 10 on the concern level for me. Um, but I'll say rest of season, they're probably the two so far that I'm the most worried about. If your trade deadline hasn't passed, I wouldn't mind getting off these guys if you can. I don't know who's buying there, but it just, 
I think there's a possibility that Russ maybe gets shut down as this season winds down. Just they say that his injury has gotten worse and he needs to rest up and they're not competitive anyway. So this is just what the Seahawks do the rest of the year. That'd be, that'd be really tough. But um, again, you know, Geno Smith would be an upgrade technically (laughs) uh, based on the way he's been playing. Uh, (laughs) uh, And then I I know that you're the high guy, uh, Ryan. I mean, moving away from these, these higher wide receivers and just some, you know, tougher uh, decisions that you have at the end of your bench. But uh, Ryan, you're the high person on Emmanuel Sanders. Um, Is there something in particular with this Patriots defense that you think Sanders uh, has a chance to succeed here? Uh, Not like a, super in-depth like fan take that you'll only get here or anything it's really more about sanders as a player i think he it just has the upside which a lot of receivers don't as we've said all these receivers floors are zero points his totally is too especially in this game as i've said but if somebody's gonna make their day on a deep ball in this game it's probably either him or stefan diggs so those are the two bills receivers that i have ranked highly you you mentioned something that uh, Eric also mentioned earlier in the show, and and I just gut gut check moment here for for everyone. Uh, how many wide receivers do not have a floor of zero points? Sands Sands getting injured on the first play, just like at what point in your list do you say, you know what, this guy could very well score zero points for me this week? How, how many how many wide receivers? I I felt pretty good about the top. Well, zero man. Anyone could score zero, I guess. I, I felt pretty good about the top 12 for sure. Um, and then probably down to about uh, 16. And then it started to get pretty sketchy for me. I'll go even less than that. I mean, I think I feel good about the first seven guys on my list <laughs> will not score you zero points. So that that includes Just Jefferson, Cooper Cup, Tyree Kill, Jamar Chase. Eh, that one might be questionable. Um, <laughs> Stefan Diggs, Keenan Allen, Deontay Johnson. Once we get into Mike Evans, Chris Godwin, it's uh, not yeah. feeling too good. That's exactly, that's it. I think exactly where I'm, I mean, zero points, probably not, but like the, the DK Metcalf week we just saw of 2.3 points. I think for a guy like Mike Evans or Chris Godwin might as well be zero. Um, yeah. So I, I also feel the same way. I think I, I went about six. I got about <laughs> six wide receivers. I don't include Jamar Chase in that. Um, so I think it was the seven you mentioned uh, and, and Hopkins if healthy. So I guess seven. A healthy Hopkins would it also makes me feel pretty decent about that floor. But other than that, just about every wide receiver has a floor of zero. And if they don't, it's because their name is Hunter Renfro and their ceiling is not the highest of wide receivers. So, um, by the way, Hunter Renfro, you playing him this week? Hey, wide receiver 26. Of course I am. There we Against go. Washington. Nice matchup. There we go. Like Hunter Renfro is Cole Beasley for me this year. And we're going to have, I'm going to figure out next year's version of that before we get into that. But there's no, there's no flow chart for Hunter Renfro. It's play him. Uh, all right. And with Darren Waller out, you definitely should play him. Is Derek Carr uh, the quarterback? Play Hunter Renfro. <laughs> there you go. Uh, all right. Uh, moving on to quarterback. Um, I, we have, I don't want to talk about it. Russell Wilson. Do you start Russell Wilson? Do you look for another quarterback? I think you look for another quarterback. I mean, <laughs> As crazy it is, Derek Carr against Washington. That's an awfully good matchup. I think the floor is a lot nicer. Uh, somehow, Russell Wilson managed to be QB9 last week, I think. I don't know how that happened. Uh, but he, looked, he just looks bad. I mean, he he the first pass of the game, he airmailed a receiver by like 10 yards. So I just don't think the finger's right. If you can move on from him, I think it's time. I, I don't know that the massive upside is there where he's going to burn you down the stretch for moving on. 
Yeah, I thought Wilson looked decent on the final drive uh, until he threw the interception right in the end zone. <laughs> so that that part was suboptimal. But up until then, I was like, wow, maybe he's maybe the adrenaline's going. He's not feeling the finger as much anymore. But yeah, I have him ranked at QB 13. Um, honestly, just the conversations we've had about the Seahawks on this podcast might have me pushing him down if you were to ask me now. Um, I, I'm... I actually will say you can play Taysom Hill over him. I think I've been convinced, Ooh, which okay. I, I was not. I was not convinced of that before we started recording. Taysom Hill or Russell Wilson, Eric? Yeah, I got uh, Taysom at thirteen, Wilson at fourteen. Uh, I have Hill, Derek Carr, Burrow, and Cousins. I, I think if Cousins, Cousins and Carr are two real good options too, if they're out there. Carson Wentz. He's right below. Um, you could talk me into it. <laughs> <laughs> Oh, man, if you told me before the season. Actually, no, because there were people that Carson Wentz was like the popular on Twitter, like, oh, you won't believe how high I ranked Carson Wentz. And I'm like, you ranked him 11, just like every other. Oh, you won't believe how high I ranked Carson Wentz. But now, yeah. you yeah. know, hey, he might actually be playable over Russell Wilson. Well, actually, is- looking at his schedule, it's Houston, which is great. But then bye week, New England, Arizona. So don't don't mess with Wentz. That's fine. OK, don't tell me Carson Wentz on a bye week can't score more than Russell Wilson. <laughs> uh, they might both score zero because Geno Smith will be back in a starter. Uh, all right. And then we talked about Taysom Hill. Uh, by the way, Jalen Hurts did take reps in the Wednesday walkthrough. He do- he said he expects to play. Uh, obviously, players, as we all know, don't always get the final say in that. But uh, it's not like Philadelphia's, you know, got tons of other options. So Jalen Hurts probably going to play this week. Uh, moving on to tight end. Uh, Darren Waller did not practice on Wednesday. They did say he was going to be week to week. So it seems highly unlikely we're going to see him. Uh, Foster Moreau was Ryan streamer of the week. Eric, I know you haven't finished your tight end ranking, so I don't want to put you two on the spot, but where do you think you're going to be able to rank Foster Moreau if Darren Waller is, uh, indeed out? I think he probably sneaks right into the end of the tight end one range. Well, yeah, he's probably right around like 10 through 13 somewhere in that range uh where, where do you have him Ryan he's my tight end 12 I would 12, play yeah. him over guys like even Mike Gesicki and Dallas Goddard and Hunter Henry so I yep. think he's a really strong play this week best I've felt about a streamer since Dan Arnold not to scare him <laughs> <laughs> uh <laughs> I thought you were gonna say someone you hit on Ryan that was a, that was a good, good well well done well done I really definitely want to play Foster Moreau now uh I will just say this uh here's uh, fantasy pros expert consensus rankings. Um, at eighth, they've got Pat Fryermuth, Fryermuth or Moreau. I like Fryermuth. I believe he has a concussion now, so keep an eye on that. But he was a full participant, so give me Fryermuth. He's he made his day in garbage time last week, but he's scoring touchdowns. Yeah, Fryermuth yeah. if healthy. I mean, I think he's pretty close to surpassing Kyle Pitts' season at this point. Like we're, <laughs> we're talking about legendary tight end seasons for rookies. I it might be Pat Fryermuth if things keep heading the way they have been. Yeah, and I do remember certain someone on this podcast saying before the season that Pat Fryermuth would would actually be a, a pretty interesting rookie tight end. We're all looking at Kyle Pitts, but don't forget about Fryermuth. Um, I don't know if we were the first ones on that, but we were. I just want to throw that out there. Dawson Knox, uh, Knox or uh, Moreau. I'll probably take Knox just because of, yeah, give me Knox. Yeah, also Knox. I have Knox at tight end 10. I think if I have to guess who will score a touchdown in the Buffalo New England game, he's the most likely. Okay. Um, You already said Goddard and Gesicki. Ryan, you already said Goddard and Gesicki behind Moreau for you. Um, What about uh, Zach Ertz or Logan Thomas? Uh, Either Would you have Moreau over either of those tight ends? 
Uh, I've got Logan Thomas at tight end 11. Uh, he should have had that touchdown on Monday night. I was so mad. I, I didn't think that the ground had caught that ball for him. I was pretty mad that got called back. Um, but for Zach Ertz, I'm not all that into it with Hopkins coming back. I don't know if there's as many targets available. The weeks that he's put up were when Arizona was kind of down on pass catchers. Um, so I don't think he's someone you want to start. Yeah, it'll be actually be interesting to see. I don't think Ertz and Hopkins have played a game together yet because I think Ertz was traded. Uh, maybe they played one game together. It was like around week seven that Ertz was traded and Hopkins uh, has not played since then. So, um, yeah, you're right. Ertz has not had a ton of competition. Uh, yeah, uh, it was week seven. So they played exactly one game together. Ertz uh, went three for 66 with a touchdown and had only five targets um, in that game. So, you know, it's it's not out of the question that he can be good with Hopkins there, but you're absolutely right that it does, you know, add some questions. Uh, so Moreau, a pretty decent streamer. Um, Eric did mention uh, Pat Fryermuth did practice in full. It, so he'll probably be fine by Sunday, but uh, he's still technically in the concussion protocol. Uh, Kyle Pitts, you guys both have, uh, or, or fantasy pros has him at tight end seven. Ryan, you have him at tight end seven. I imagine uh, he's a start for you this week as well, Eric. He is, but there've been enough options where it's getting, I mean, I, have you picked up Fryermuth? I, I kind of feel about, better about Fryermuth at this point. That Falcons offense is just so bad. So he is a starter, but there's so many that have popped up on waivers that I think you can bench him if you need to. I mean, Knox, you could have got on waivers. Um, Schultz. So, yeah, Schultz. So I, I would play those guys over him at this point. It's We can keep playing them every week and waiting for the breakout week, or we can kind of just sit them until we see something from this Falcons offense outside of the one and only Cordell Patterson, of course. <laughs> uh, and then what about Logan Thomas as a, is he someone that you feel good about? So I, before the season started, I think we said there were like seven or eight tight ends that like you can draft and feel pretty decent about not having to worry about that. And Logan Thomas was like right at the end of that um, is, do you still feel that way about him uh, returning from, you know, from injury? Is he still someone that you, you feel like in a PPR league? I don't, I don't need to go looking for Foster Moreau's and, and Dan Arnold's. Yeah. I mean, I do. He, he scored two touchdowns in the first three weeks. Um, he came back last week and played 78% of the snaps. They have played their tight end one in Washington an insane amount of snaps every week. So he could have had that touchdown. Like, like Ryan mentioned last week. And then uh, this week, I mean, the Raiders have given up the second most PPR points to tight ends. I know that that stat can be a little fluky sometimes just with opponents that teams have played, but um, I just I think it's a good spot for him. He's going to be on the field a ton, and Washington needs some secondary targets, so he, he's a good play. Yeah, I agree completely. I think he is a top twelve tight end every week going forward. And if we see him get more into like the ninety percent of snaps this week, then I'll, we'll feel good about it. So yeah. Okay, and then uh, finally, defense. Uh, most of the defenses this week that are highly rostered face really easy opponents like uh, Tampa Bay against Atlanta and the Rams against Jacksonville. So, um, you know, we're, we're also at the point in the year where, you know, it's, it's easier for you to bench uh, defenses. So the real question is, do you hang on to the New England Patriots? They're in Buffalo this week. Then they have a bye. Then they go to Indianapolis. Um, is this a defense that is just so good that, I mean, they've double-digit points in uh, – whatever Yahoo's default scoring is since week seven. Uh, that's yeah. I don't know how it gets better than that, but a couple of tough matchups by week in there. Um, can you hang on to them through this time? Man, that's tough. Buffalo by Indianapolis, Buffalo. Uh, you're waiting for that Jacksonville week 17 matchup. Basically. 
I would have a hard time holding them. I think they're going to be enough better options over the next four or five weeks that I would move on. Um, it's tough to do, though. They've been so good. Yeah, I think if they had a good schedule going forward, you could almost stomach playing them against Buffalo. As I said, I think it's probably a low-scoring game. But I they've been prone to giving up some like stupid big plays in the last few weeks. I was like jumping off my couch when Dontrell Hilliard was taking one sixty yards to the house. I mean, and ad, absolutely they've been great for fantasy. But I think they're droppable, and that you can find defenses with better playoff matchups at this point. Yeah, I mean, here's the thing: is you look back at this and you say, all right, from week seven to week twelve, that's six straight double digit performances. Um, the best offense. So these are the offenses they played during that stretch. Uh, the New York Jets, um, the LA Chargers. Uh, so actually a, a pretty decent opponent there. Uh, the Carolina Panthers, the Cleveland Browns that they beat 45 to seven. That was in week 10. Uh, so I don't know. I, I don't think Nick Chubb played that week. Kareem Hunt was hurt. I think that was a Dearness Johnson game. Uh, and then Atlanta and uh, the Derrick Henry, AJ Brown, Julio Jones list, Tennessee Titans this past week. So, you know, I, I there's not a single, like, other than the Chargers game, I guess. There's really not a whole lot to hang your hat on. Um, but at the same time, we also see plenty of defenses not take advantage of easy matchups um, at the same time. Because fantasy, you know, you want to get sacks. You want to force turnovers. Um, Patriots have a seven-game streak of with at least one interception. So, I just, you know, I, I, I can see both sides of, of the coin here. Um, yeah. It's a tough I don't, decision. They got three, three touchdowns in the last five weeks. Yeah, I don't know that I could drop the Patriots defense. I could I could see benching them this week. And then, you know, if I'm doing that, then why am I hanging on to them through the bye? But at the same time, like, if they do well against Buffalo this week, I don't want to be fighting for them uh, on the waiver wire for the playoffs. Um, maybe if you're, like, on the cusp of fighting for the playoffs and you don't, you can't waste that roster spot. But if you're at the point now where you're pretty solid, even, even if you haven't clinched a playoff spot, but you feel pretty good about it, I, I just, I can't see benching a team that is, uh, like I said, six straight weeks with at least double-digit fantasy points. But anyway, that's a lot of time to spend on a defense. Ryan, uh, it is your it is your team. I will give you final word on the New England Patriots. Yeah, I'll just say that in week 15, uh, they play Buffalo, right? So mm-hmm. that that's the first week of the playoffs. Are And let's say you're in a league where there's four or six teams in the playoffs. Are, are they really going to be a top four to six defense in that week? I mean, you're not fighting on the waiver wire for teams that have been eliminated at that point, hopefully. So, I mean, it depends on your league. You know, if you're in, if you're in a league with a punishment uh, setup for, you know, you could be fighting with people in the losing bracket. Um, there are going to be defenses, even if you aren't fighting, that are just rostered by those those lower teams. So, um, while I, I like in a DFS matchup, yeah, they're not going to be a top four option or top six option. It it doesn't mean that the other ones are available on the wire. That's that's the only thing. That's the only way I'd push back on that. Just because, uh, you know, there's no guarantee that that you're going to find a good matchup available in week 15 or week 16 if if you know you are fighting with everyone for for defenses. Yeah, I guess I'm just pretty confident you can find a streamer better than them even in those weeks. So I I still think they're a drop. Yeah, definitely see it going both ways for sure. All right. Uh, so thank you so much for listening. Uh, you know, week 13, we're, like I said, man, playoffs right around the corner. It's tough. You got to buckle down and really figure out what you're doing. And uh, that's why you definitely want to come and say what's up to us uh, on Sunday morning and show us your lineup so we can help you out. Uh, but thanks so much for listening. And we will see you.